Welcome to Emerge, the health podcast for busy, high-performing women. Each week, we feature interviews, information, and inspiration that will motivate you to transform from overwhelmed, overworked, and overweight to vibrant, energetic, and on fire. My name is Dr. Alex Swenson-Ridley, selfless syndrome expert, board-certified women's health coach, and alternative medicine practitioner, wife, mom, and entrepreneur. I specialize in health for busy and driven women. Listen weekly as I share the tools, perspective, and knowledge you need to lose weight, boost your energy, and fall in love with yourself so that you can serve the world with an even bigger impact. Hello, welcome back to Emerge, the health podcast for busy, high-performing women. I'm your host, Dr. Alex Swenson-Ridley. Today, I'm really excited to be joined by Amisha Klawan, who is an embodiment and sleep coach, yoga therapist, and integrative physical therapist who currently lives and works in Fort Collins, Colorado. Her areas of focus as a coach are on sleep, which we're going to talk about today, wellness, whole body living, and manifesting. And her power, uh, focus as an integrative PT are on visceral mobilization and holistic care for the whole person. She's trained in women's health, hormones, and polyvagal theory and application. And she also works with individuals one-on-one and in groups to help guide them to the best versions of themselves. She empowers us as women to create our visions for our lives, igniting transformation from the inside out. So Amisha, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Uh, there's so many things that we can dive into and talk about because I'm kind of obsessed with polyvagal theory as well. But awesome. <laughs> before we, well, let's just kind of jump into this because I know we were, um, I mentioned before we started recording that I haven't really talked about sleep a whole lot on the show. And you shared that your focus is on, you know, us as women and what drives us to basically not sleep when we know it's important for us. So I'm excited. Yeah. To dive yeah. into this. So let's maybe just start there. Like, what is this? What is what, in your experience? What is this thing that drives us to not do the things that we should yeah. do? For well, um, one of the things that I've kind of noticed, um, just as, as I've been working with women, um, is that particularly women who are really driven, ambitious and have done very well career wise, um, also tend to push themselves in all other areas of their lives too. And so that includes rest and prioritizing it. And so this may not really be a problem in our 20s, even into our early 30s. But as we kind of hit our late 30s and 40s, and especially the 50s, it, it becomes a huge problem if we're not sleeping and really having restorative rest through the night. Yeah. And I, this this is going to be so great because at the time we're recording this, I actually just did an activity in my group where um, it's like a women's holistic health assessment I got from my coaching certification. But, you know, one of the areas we look at seven different areas, one of them is rest. And that is like across the board, the lowest for absolutely everybody. And so I think like first, maybe let's define, you know, there's sleep and there's rest and they're two different things that are both key to have and also getting that like restorative deep sleep. And, you know, there's, there's a part of rest that happens when we're asleep and then a part that we need to like consciously deal with through the day. So maybe you can help me unpack all of these things because I yeah. think we'll have fun with um, it. Yeah. So sleeping, our bodies are, are going to fall asleep at some point just because it's a physiological need. But there's various different um, types of rest that we get. And and so when we're in our deep, deep sleep, 
traditionally called like REM sleep. Um, this is when the healing happens within our body. So this is when our body kind of can um, refill itself and refuel through the night. Otherwise we're sleeping physiologically, but our body isn't truly healing. And the key to that really is that our hormones are working in order so that our melatonin comes in at night, which so the melatonin drops when night starts to fall. Right. Um, ideally if you live in a place with, yeah. with um, normal light cycles, right. Um, I don't, but, but yeah. <laughs> yes. But so when that starts to drop, it starts to tell our body, okay, we're going to start to wind down for rest. However, we can prolong that and keep it from dropping by being on our screens or having lots of light around or just kind of having artificial light where our body begins to think it's not nighttime yet. Um, and so I think that, that, that the key point there though, is that when melatonin starts to drop, it really takes a couple hours for it to really come in. And so if you are on a screen per se, that's the most common one. So that's the one I'm going to go with is if you're on your phone or laptop or whatever, um, right before you go to bed, then your melatonin really isn't going to drop for an hour or two hours. And so then by the time you get into that deep sleep, it's like four or 5 a.m. And so depending what time you wake up, you're, you're not going to get enough of it, which means your body doesn't have the chance to refresh, which means that over a period of time, these little pieces that you're cutting out of healing are going to start to make an impact on your optimal wellness. Absolutely. It's so key. And I know like, I'll just, I'm going to throw myself under the bus here. <laughs> I got in the habit with having a kid who does not sleep on his own and needs mommy to go to sleep of reading on my phone at night. And, you know, I wear blue light blockers and I have it turned way down and all that, but it's still, I know it still affects me. And you and I were both talking about, we both have aura rings now, which is something that actually tracks and measures your sleep and your heart rate variability and all this stuff like really, really well. And so it's, I've been paying attention to that now. And sometimes we need that, that, input, but, you know, I think the first step, and you might agree with this and just kind of how you help train people is like, first we have to acknowledge and be honest with ourselves on what we're doing. That's messing with our sleep and recognizing, I mean, there's so much stuff that happens at night. Like a lot of the women I work with are struggling with weight. And one of the big things that makes a huge difference with weight loss is having sleep because that's when a bunch of hormones work to you know, make that process happen. Um, so for you in coaching women, cause I have all kinds of questions, but let's just start with like, you know, what are, what are the steps for you? Like yeah. start moving yourself towards, okay, I need to like actually get sleep and here's how I'm going to do yes. it. Well, you, you know, I think that you start to realize your sleep is an issue, right. With various things. If you're having health issues, resistant weight loss, um, you're waking up feeling tired. You have to have that alarm to wake up. Because ideally, we should be able to wake up without an alarm. Um, and that like you feel rested when you wake up and ready to kind of hit the day. And so, you know, I, I think that you can kind of know just from that little list if sleep might be an issue. Now, there are there are other factors that go into some of those things, but sleep is really a key to healing. And and once you 
determine, okay, maybe it is my rest. Maybe I'm pushing myself a little bit at night or I'm waking up too early um, or I'm on my phone at all hours. Um, then once you realize that and, and you can make a commitment to start to prioritize rest. And, and I think that is the number one thing. There's all kinds of things we can do to go around that. But if we don't prioritize it, it doesn't matter what else we're doing. We can have the best gadgets. We can have the best, you, you, you know, you mentioned blue light blocking glasses, which are fantastic. But if we're still on our phone at midnight when we should be sleeping, it doesn't matter that they block the blue light because it's still an issue. Right. Um, and so prioritize making the commitment to prioritize rest and doing that leads to little shifts that can start to make a tremendous difference in kind of the tide of what, what's been happening in, in a person's life that has led them to where they're at. Absolutely. So, and I, I think that's so key. I like with anything we talk about, I mean, the first thing is we have to commit to it. Like we have to, especially for those of us who are busy and, you know, the high performers I talk to on the show that yeah. are always doing all the things and, you know, mm-hmm. I'm just going to wash the dishes because it'll be easier. Like, there's certain things that maybe we have to let go of our expectation of what that looks like to make a yes. shift, prioritize our health. Um, yes. Which yes. is what sleep is about. So, yes. And I mean, I often find that people, it's not per se the sleep that always brings them in, but it's something else going on with their health right? Mm-hmm. That they're, they feel like their hormones are off or they just can't lose the weight or they're exhausted all the time, even though they they're sleeping like 10 hours a night, but it still may not be restful sleep. Mm-hmm. But I think that also, you, you know, a piece of all of this is how you live your days is how your nights are going to be. Yeah. Right. And so if we're go, go, go all day long, then, and we just, you, you know, slide into bed after we just did 18 things, it's going to take us a little while to wind down and really fall into rest or, or we won't or in we- our mind, we just go all, <laughs> all night. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, there's always those, those things that happen. Like I'm just thinking, last night, we just got a foot of snow where I am in Alaska. And so our power went out at some point and I was worried about it. And my husband had to get up at like four 30. So obviously he sets an alarm for that. He just ended up in this, you know, he's now president of a company that has a thousand employees and huge responsibility. So he's you know wanting to get up and he uses a clock that's, t- he doesn't use a phone, which is good, but it means that when I looked at my sleep data, like I never hit deep sleep last night and I was tired when I woke up. And like, so there's always this, you know, not always, but like time at times we have things that will keep us mm-hmm. from getting into that deep, like restorative, restful sleep. So in those cases, A, how do we start to shift so that like the majority of the time we are getting the good rest? Yeah. And if we don't, what what do you recommend, you know, we do to kind of mitigate that and maybe we build more that rest into our day during the day? Or like what how how do we address that? Also, we need to talk about hot flashes, but we can put that first. (laughs) (laughs) We can table that one and let's address this first. Yes. Well, so, you know, I think that there's seasons of life, right? And so there's, especially as women, there's a season where we might have small kids. 
there's a season where you might have a child who isn't sleeping. I, I had that same situation, um, which I think led off my sleep roller coaster, which is why I'm so interested in it. Um, and so I feel like I didn't sleep for four years, you, you know, and um, I feel like I'm still like every night of sleep, I'm like, thank you that I slept through the night, you know? Um, and so when there's seasons, I think you have to work around that. So if you have a child or a baby or a toddler that is consistently getting up and you're, you're, you're going to be there for them, then your day has to look different than it would if you didn't have that situation. Mm-hmm. So maybe you're going to take some breaks to just be still for 10 or 15 minutes every couple of hours so your body can rest. Maybe you're going to take an afternoon nap so that your body can rest, so that you're getting some of this rest within the body and within the mind, because that's going to help move you into kind of that parasympathetic system to keep you from being go, go, go all the time. Um, So that's kind of a season. Now, partners are also a factor in sleep, right? So whatever they're doing, right, we can only change what's going to happen within ourselves. So um, a couple of thoughts on that. So for instance, I'm just going to use your example to start. Um, if you have a partner who has to set an alarm, then then you can use maybe earplugs at night so that you can sleep. Um, Bose kind of makes a new one that has um, noise canceling as well through the night. And they're particularly for sleep. I, I haven't tried them yet, but I, I was eyeing them because they looked really it, interesting to me, um, for situations like that. Mm -hmm. Um, if it's just once in a while, then that's great. Otherwise I do have clients who wear earplugs every night because they're married to, to, um, physicians who are on call. And so the phone will go off or, or whatever it be. And so they're never sleeping and that is their life. If they're going to sleep in the same room. (laughs) And so um, they just wear them all the time. And, and that's worked out pretty, pretty well for them. Um, and then there are, of course, other options in terms of like the partner can have like a vibrating watch that maybe could wake them up. If you, like once you start to get used to that. Um, and then, you know, if none of those work on if there's particular nights, there's always the option of separate rooms, um, you know, which, of course, is a personal decision. but Oftentimes, a lot of that can be overcome with just some simple devices that it's something as simple as earplugs can make a huge difference. Yeah. And so I actually sleep with earplugs every night because my husband's a terrible snore. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, last night it was more the the worry that like we didn't have power and like was an alarm going to go off and when was it going to come back on all that, all that stuff. So, you know, wow. we have, have those. And I know other women struggle with like when your mind just won't shut down. And so you don't really hit that. So do you have any tips around, you know, how do we just get ourselves to quiet if we're having a rough night? For sure. For sure. So, um, well, so a piece of this is, is how the days are going. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, but if you've had like just a day where you didn't have a chance to to chill out or take time. And then you're laying in bed going, Oh my gosh, I'm so stressed out about this, this, and this. Um, what I really like people to do, <coughs> excuse me, is, um, is just do, uh, um, kind of a, a brain dump on a journal. 
and literally just write out every single thing that's going through your mind for 10 minutes before you go to sleep. Take that piece of paper, crumple it up, throw it away. So just get everything out. Now, if you need to make a list for the next day, keep that. But any thoughts or feelings or emotions that are running through you, journal it out. Just let everything move through your body. And because the more that we can move it, the more we can let it go and let our mind rest. Yeah. Um, so, so that's the number one thing that I, um, that I, I recommend is just getting that out. Um, and then secondly is doing some breath work while you're going to sleep so that the attention moves from what's happening in your mind to the breath. Um, and the one that I particularly like for sleep is the four, seven, eight breath. Okay. Uh, which is where you inhale for four pause for seven and then exhale for eight. And, uh, so that does work for some people. It does not work for others. Um, but for, for myself who tend to be in kind of fight or flight more (laughs) versus, you know, just kind of relaxing down here. Um, and it tends to be the majority of my clients, um, just having that focus on that counting usually within 10 to 15 breaths, I'm asleep. Yeah. Um, and then, and then that's kind of how it works for me, but that particular breath makes a big difference. It really does. I, um, so I'm going to go a little bit on a nerd tangent right now because I'm, I'm currently in a, in a PhD program. So over the weekend, I was working through a biofeedback class. Um, and one of the things we talk about and a lot of what we're talking about, you know, we're not really putting a name to it, but that's essentially what it is. It's tuning into our bodies to allow it to give us, you know, feedback. And then there's tools that we can use like breathing to help retrain it to do something else. And this is all about like moving energy up and down the spine and, and flow. And uh, you mentioned, or your bio mentioned polyvagal theory. So, you know, the vagal nerve is kind of the main connection and source that we're dealing with there. So total, I'm just like nerding out over here because I'm like, we're talking about what I learned this weekend Um, (laughs) or could put words to anyways. But, you know, I, I think I know for me, I would kind of write off the importance of things like breathing. Um, and I harp with about it now with my clients and I think some of them get annoyed, but I'm like, no, like if you learn anything from me, it's going to be how to breathe because so many of us have forgotten that. And we all like just breathe in our chests and we don't really ever full belly breathe. And so doing something like, you know, four, seven, eight breath, or I teach five, five, five breath. There's so many, oh, yeah. vary it however the heck you want. Right. <laughs> right. It starts to impact all of that. So for sure. Well, and I think that it brings the attention out of the head and yeah. into the body. And the yeah. more that we can ground ourselves in the physical body, the bigger, I think, difference there is in our nervous system. Yes. Yeah. And so I feel like this can actually segue and move into, you know, perimenopause, hot flashes. Yeah. Cause I know sleep is something that I hear from a lot of my women there that is disrupted. We'll say <laughs> during, yeah. during this process. Um, no, and it, it, it is a big factor and, yeah. you know, and, and this is where a lot of other things come into play with how we're sleeping. Right. So what does, what does the nutrition through the day look like? You know, are we hydrating enough? Um, you know, is there, is there any alcohol involved? 
right? Because alcohol can make a huge difference in how we sleep or don't sleep at night. Um, even, even if it's earlier in the day, which is better. Um, but it can still affect how you're sleeping at night, unfortunately. And so, you know, I think all of those things, um, when we start to look at that and how that plays into sleep, oftentimes there's something there that can affect sleep in terms of waking up hot. Yep. Right. Um, and then if all of that is, is like, ideal and clear, we're still waking up hot, you know, then, then I think that there's various things that you can do. But um, I do always like to make sure that people um, that that clients have 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 had a blood test to kind of see where, where are they hormone wise right now? Um, Do they maybe need a supplement or do they need to maybe talk to a physician about maybe adding something into their regimen? Um, but that's not always the case. It's like sometimes the simplest things make the biggest difference. You know, how much are you moving through the day, right? Are you getting daily activity? How is your circadian rhythm? Are you getting sunlight first thing in the morning, right? Our bodies are such delicate, fine-tuned machines that sometimes we, we, I feel like we forget that we have these ancient biorhythms and that if we can activate them and be in alignment with them, it can be a huge difference. Um, I, I read an article, I, I can't remember what it is right this second, but you know, it said that a hundred years ago, there were no hot flashes. <laughs> and even in some communities now in, you know, in smaller communities, women don't, it's, it's not an issue. And so it's kind of like, well, where did this come from? Like, when did this start? Um, and, and I haven't delved into it yet, but, but, but I found this article fascinating because it didn't cross my mind that it might not ever be a concern. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that's getting to, you know, and just like, talking about kind of the menopause thing, we've normalized so many symptoms and things. And there's so many pieces that go into that, but it's our modern world. It's that we never de-stress. We're constantly just in go, go, go. You know, we, um, just to go back to like where the stress response comes from, it's like, we used to be hunters. And so if the tiger was chasing us and trying to eat us, that's when the stress would happen. But then, you know, as long as we live, we would go take a nap and like, and recover from that response. And today we don't do that. And if you're not sleeping, we're like, you're just constantly staying in that state of, and so you're going to have symptoms and things that happen. So exactly. Well, and I, and I think our bodies are meant to have a lot more downtime than, culture really kind of dictates now. Um, because even like the phone notification can send off your nervous system. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the other piece of this is also like, what are, what are you consuming throughout the day? So, you know, how many, you know, and and it, it could be things like how many times a day are you checking your email? How many notifications are coming through your phone? What sort of shows are you watching? And do they um, elevate your stress level, right? And so that's not to say you can never watch those shows, but if it's a daily thing and you're not sleeping well, 
then it might be something to look at and see, okay, well, do I, do I need this every day? You know, is this really contributing to having a better quality of life? Um, and so really looking at like what blog posts you're reading or what books you're reading um, and how are they contributing to quality of life, especially when sleep is an issue. So whether it's hot flashes or whether it's you're just waking up with your thoughts racing or whether it's you're waking up exhausted because you feel like you haven't slept at all. All of those things, I think, are like puzzle pieces that that go together. Um, and I don't think we can have perfect sleep without addressing some of these other things. And so there's tons of gadgets for sleep, you know, from the eye mask to the music, to the weighted blankets and all of those things are great. But if this stuff over here does never gets looked at and we only focus on what's happening at night, then, then this may not resolve. Yeah. Yeah. That's. Very true. And I think we forget, I mean, so much of what we're talking about is stuff that can be challenging for us as high performing women to do, because it requires you slowing down long enough to really actually check in with yourself and take a look at what your life looks like and what you're doing. And sometimes it results in hard decisions to, you know, really make changes that are going to positively affect your health. But I, I hate, I don't like the word, but I'm trying to stop using it. And when you do, you know, Lots of cool stuff happens on the other side. So, yeah, yeah, but it, it it's true. It is kind of looking at it as a whole and saying, this is or isn't working for me. Yeah. You know, and, and usually if you're listening to a conversation like this, there's something going on that, yeah. that may not be working. And so taking a good look. And I mean, I found that for me, um, it was really hard to do by myself like working with a coach who asked me these hard questions in a conversation made the biggest difference for me because I, I was going around the problem and not ever addressing the problem. And so getting asked the hard questions, you know, I actually ended up leaving a pretty high profile teaching job, um, just because of my stress levels and the fact that it it just, it wasn't working. Yeah. So fascinating how many women I meet that have gone through that. I had similar thing. I basically set fire to a seven figure chiropractic practice. Oh yeah. Yeah. You you know, and, and so I, I, I really believe it's really about finding what's in alignment with you Mm -hmm. and walking that path and, and, you know, I think that this leads in into a little different conversation than sleep, but it's like just finding those little threads of, of things that call to you and following them. Right. And it can yeah. be the littlest thing. Like, I feel like I should go walk over to that park today and yeah. then get the shoes on and go. Right. And so, but yeah. this does lead back into sleep because I think a lot of the time that women in particular, men, to a degree, but I think that women, for whatever reason, um, you, you know, we tend to lose our self-trust and our self-compassion as we move through life, especially if you've been through kind of a graduate school program where, um, I believe that 
that, you know, you're pushed so hard that you have to yeah. push through these feelings of I'm tired, I'm stressed. I, you know, you're in a grad school program, you're going to get it done right. more than likely. Um, and, and so that mentality kind of follows you as you move into a, a career, especially I think early on when you're required to produce whatever it is that you're doing. Um, and so, and so we lose these little threads of things that we loved to do. And so as we start to lose that, I think we lose that kind of self, um, that self-trust, that self-compassion. And so then when our body is like, I'm tired, we're like, forget it. You're not, I'm still going to do these dishes and I'm still going to get on, you know, I'm going to watch this show. Um, and I'm going to call whoever and, you know, then it's midnight by the time you're going to bed. But I think that every time we do this and we kind of ignore what, what we really know, um, you might need to do that. We're not cultivating self-trust and self-love for our bodies and ourselves, which leads us down a little different path than we might've been if we just follow these little shifts. Yeah. I'm processing, sorry. <laughs> you know, it's deep and I it's so important because I know so many of the women I work with, it's like we've completely lost sight of the things that bring us joy or that fulfill us or fill us up because we've been on this path that, you know, either we thought was what we were supposed to go on or we have some expectation of ourselves, or someone else has some expectation of ourselves, and we're afraid to make any change or, you know, we're, we're afraid to really look at like, is this serving me and my health and my life and then be willing to change, do something about it when it's obviously not. Um, For sure. For sure. And, and what's interesting about that. And, and I'm sure you see this with your practice too, is that, then it can lead to physical symptoms Mm -hmm. when we're not doing these things. Um, And so then, you know, it's, it's, it's not a week later. It's usually years later that someone will come in for a shoulder problem or have, you know, low back pain. And then when you really start to get to the root of when these things started, it started when there was a shift in their path. Yeah. Right. And then they follow this other path and these physical symptoms got worse and worse. Yep. (laughs) And so, you know, it's, it's interesting when you blend that, you know, so for me, I blend that into my PT practice and, Mm -hmm. and so diving into some of these things and when they started, right. My shoulder pain started when I got a divorce or Mm -hmm. my shoulder pain started when I went into law school and I didn't want to, or whatever it was. Right. Um, sometimes it's just a little thing. I I left my job and I didn't want to, but I had to because we moved or whatever. Um, but it started this cascade of, of activities that happen in the mind and the body that then when you don't go back to what lights you up, it just keeps you down this, this road that you didn't want to be on. Yeah. You know, but I think you can always build a bridge back. There's always bridges back. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) I know I'm living proof and I've, I've, you know, talked ad nauseum kind of about my, my own story and journey on the show, but most women I I talk to have some level of this and where we need to, you know, reconnect to that side of ourselves. And maybe it doesn't mean you 
get divorced or stay married or stay in your job or don't stay in your job. Like there's ways to, you know, re I guess, rejuvenate our experience of life and just kind of what's going on. Regardless, it's taking the time to actually go ahead and do that. And sometimes it might mean, you know, cutting ties with whatever the thing is, or it might just mean you need to, you know, rediscover the thing that brought you there in the first place. Yes. Go back. Yeah. So, yeah. And just taking the time to start to find that. Yeah. Right. But I feel like inherently we kind of know you know? Yeah. We do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I think oftentimes it's what we love to do as kids, mm-hmm. you, you know, I think early on those kind of things, um, come up, whether it's painting or being with horses or yep. hiking or bike, whatever. Right. Um, but oftentimes it's something you've already done in your yeah. life. Yeah. Right. And it's reconnecting to it and finding it. Yeah. And but all yeah. this comes back to, once we realize that this is a focus for us and we start to prioritize our rest, Mm -hmm. right? All of this starts to happen because we're not exhausted. Right. We can do it. No, we're better for our family and for our friends. Like I, I still am surprised by how many women I talk to that are just so lost and well, I have to take care of everybody else and I I don't have time for me. And how am I supposed to do that and do all this other stuff? If you don't stop to make the change, like they're not going to get anything from you except fumes and you right. know, nothing is going to like, it's all, you will fall off the treadmill or like off the horse or whatever, How, however you want to phrase that, that makes yeah. sense. And it hurts and it sucks. And maybe you have to go through that and just listening to us say it isn't going to make an impact, but if it can, <laughs> like right. start implementing this stuff now, mm-hmm. don't wait yeah. for you to drop. So yeah. Um, and then, you know, I find that sometimes women get stuck with like, where should I start? Yeah. That's what I was. Um, and so, you know, I think that the first thing is make the commitment to prioritize rest. Yep. But then secondly, you know, start to make those small shifts that will encourage you to get there. So one of the big things I think is, um, looking at the day because how we spend our days is how we'll spend our night. Mm -hmm. Um, And so seeing if you can just build in little moments of rest in there. And so, you know, if you're working somewhere out of the home, then maybe you're going to go outside for a minute or two during the day and just get some light. Yeah. Maybe, you know, if you normally have lunch at your computer, you're going to go take a walk for five or 10 minutes. You know, if you, um, if you're always inside, just getting near a window somehow can make a big difference. And then, um, just really spending a couple minutes off the screen every couple of hours, you know, just letting your eyes rest too. Um, and then if you're at work, just making time for maybe a conversation with a colleague, even if it's five minutes. Yeah. Right. But connecting with them about something other than work. Absolutely. And like those little things can make a big difference. And then once you're home, you know, I often talk about we, when we put our kids to sleep, we give them this whole wind down, right? It's usually like a bath and then some like nice lotion. We dim the lights. We play nice music for them. We read them a story. We snuggle them. You know, they get in their cozy pajamas and you tuck them into bed. 
And this like can take an hour and a half, right? <laughs> um, but for ourselves, you know, we'll like, I mean, I, I'll, I'll, I'll use what I used to do as an example, right? Like I would watch TV until like 10 and then maybe check my phone and then maybe, oh, I do have dishes to do. I'm just going to get these done, right? right? And then by the time I'm in bed, I've just done all this stuff. And my body's like, what? We're not sleeping. And then I would be up for an hour. Mm-hmm. and you know, and I wasn't getting good rest. And so for me, that led to a whole cascade of symptoms that, you you know, um, really caused me to turn things around. And so um, I find that we need to kind of take care of our own inner child, Mm -hmm. right? And really ask what would feel best for me right now. And if that particular day it is watching a show, then watch the show. Right. I think as soon as you say I should, then it's time to like reframe and say, okay, this is what I want to do right now. And it's all good. Right. Mm-hmm. But ideally, that's not every night. Right? right. And so, what do I need right now? Is it a glass of water? Is it, I'm going to get into my most comfy pajamas and just go read a book? Yeah. You know, is it, I want, I just want to get under my weighted blanket and talk to my partner. You know, what is it? And then do it, right? <laughs> and then you start to cultivate that self-trust. But it, and, and I also think that's something you can just ask yourself through the day. Also, like, what do I need right now? And if it's feasible, do it, right? Yeah. Um, I know, you know, with a lot of the clients I work with, they're in the medical field. And oftentimes, like, they need to use the restroom, And they'll still like see like three or four more clients before they'll allow themselves to go use the restroom. And so it's something as simple as, okay, I need to go like now. And so go take five minutes. Maybe you're a couple minutes late and do what you need to do. Yeah. um, And begin to build that into your day instead of working around other expectations for your own physiological needs. Yeah. Absolutely. I can very much relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, just five more people before I get to pee. Okay. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know this has been really great for me just in thinking about, it. and I, I love that just as an ending place, like tuning into what do I need right now? And you may not know in the beginning, but the more you ask yourself that question, the more you'll start to figure it out and just start doing nice. Like we have to do nice things for ourselves too. Sometimes that's, that's what it comes down to. Um, well, I feel like we get to probably talk about this for like three years, but (laughs) just in the interest of everyone's time and, you know, starting to implement some of this stuff. I know you have some links and some stuff that I'll put in the show notes, but how can women, you know, connect with you if they're awesome. Yeah. Um, I have a site that's called 40 days to better sleep, um, where I just kind of have a tip sheet there, um, which you can print out and just put near, near your computer for ways to get better sleep. Um, and then that'll put you in touch with me. And then, um, the other place that I'm really active is on Instagram, where I share a lot of tips about sleep. And like right now we're doing a solstice series, um, so that we can encourage nourishing rest before the solstice which is tomorrow. And so, um, it'll be past yes. the time this comes out, but yes, that, yes, yeah. that's true. Yeah. Yes. Um, so that's exciting. And so that is at reigniting your soul. 
on Instagram. Awesome. Love it. All good things. And even if this is past solstice, like still check in with that. I know in Alaska, we yeah. pay attention to it because like winter solstices, we've been losing light. So we only have two hours of daylight tomorrow. And then we rapidly start gaining it. So everyone's like, yes. this comes, solstice come. and then in the summer, it's like, it's light all day long. It's the late 22 hours a day. So we look forward to having normal days for like maybe a couple of weeks and then it gets weird. But anyways, <laughs> for those who aren't attuned to the solstice, that it is, you know, you can really benefit from paying attention to it Um, yeah awesome well thank you so much for joining us and just kind of sharing some of your wisdom and knowledge around this and helping me have this conversation thank you for having me thank you for tuning in to emerge the health podcast for busy high-performing women where we provide you with the tools information and inspiration you need to transform from overwhelmed overworked and overweight to vibrant, energetic, and on fire. If you enjoyed the show, please head over to iTunes to subscribe and also leave us a review. Also, I don't want to be working with you on your health only once or twice a week. I want to be in this conversation and in the trenches with you every single day. I invite you to join me in the Emergent Women Community Group on Facebook for the chance to interact with me live once a week and even more information, inspiration, and motivation to transform your health and become the vibrant, energetic, and on fire version of yourself we all know is under there. Until next time, remember to keep putting yourself first so that you can better serve the ones you love and the things you are passionate about.